Hello, my name is Sambal Siddiqui. And I'm Alana Mallon, and we are two new Cambridge City Councilors, and this is our weekly podcast, Women Are Here. Woo, we missed you last week. So much, actually. Yeah, we've we've just been really, really busy. Um, so I'm really looking forward to the weekend. Uh, do you have plans for the Indigenous People Day weekend? I do, but... Um, they're not necessarily in celebration of indigenous peoples. Yeah. Um, I am really excited. I just signed up this morning. So Central Square is having a mural and food tour. It's a two and a half hour tour where you go around with a, a guide. Um, so it's, you go to like five different places to eat. So an A4 arcade oh, and um, Roxy's Grilled Cheese and mainly burgers and Little Donkey. And then we're going to tour the sites of where all the Central Square murals are going to be. And seeing all the existing murals. So I'm excited about that. It's supposed to be really fun. I've heard from some people that it's just really fun and the food is really good. And when is it? Tomorrow um, in the afternoon, okay. like 1 to 3.30. Well, people, you should, you know, join Councillor Mallon. Yeah, I'll, I'll tweet about it because I am I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry I'm missing it. Well, where are you going? <laughs> I'm so glad you asked. Well, I am thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> I am taking this weekend and going to New York. I have a cousin, my 25-year-old cousin, who I'm very close with. She actually grew up in Cambridge. Mm. Um, And she uh, lives there on Lower East Side. And so I'm visiting her. uh, And I am also going to something fans uh, may know as uh, Comic Comic Con. Comic Con. Yes, yes. So I'm not, you know, you may say, well, you at comic con and i thought the same thing i am i'm not into anime or whatever you know are you gonna dress up i we've thought about it so (laughs) i'm going with a college friend we are going um for outlander so outlander is a show on stars so none of you probably know about it i've seen it you've seen it right under your recommendation thank you Mm -hmm. so it's based on a book a series of books um by uh, diana Cabalon, I'm saying her name wrong, but um, will she be there? She's I I don't think she's going to be there. So they did this spin this show, and it's just this epic love story, and it's I a, it's like a bodice ripper on <laughs> on TV. Yes, <laughs> I I mean sure sure if you you're just looking for that, but I I really love the acting and the theater. Anyway, so they're doing a panel and they're doing. They're going to be signing autographs. So I'm getting there with my friend Delia um, from college who actually really introduced me to the show and the book. Um, we're getting there at like 8 a.m. Uh, on Saturday. So the whole day will be spent at this, you know, this festival of sorts. So I, you're going to try to meet these folks, right? 100%. I mean, I'm, I just cannot wait. Um, so Jamie yeah. is the, he's the lead male. Yeah. And he is like, he is a giant person. Yeah. Are you going to try to meet him? I really, I want to wear a shirt that says, please hug me. Mm. Oh, I keep threatening to make you that shirt. Can you Maybe please? this is the weekend to do it. I have a three-day weekend with only the mural project I'd really do. appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, those are my plans. Uh, I'm excited, uh, but I will be missing out on the fun stuff happening this week. But I'll be back. Well, you or know Or not. <laughs> I have to say, I, I'm jealous that you're getting away. It will be nice to be out of Cambridge for a few days, I'm sure. And yeah. Get, just get a little break. And it'll be nice like not to... recharge. Right, right. There's so much happening nationally, mm. uh, which brings us to last week. So... Yeah. Um, God, it has been... It has been the longest week and a half of mm-hmm. my whole life. I feel mm-hmm. like the last week and a half was actually six months long um, with the Kavanaugh hearings and all of the drama that surrounded it. And 
I have to say, it's it's been very painful for me to. Well, that it's been painful in a lot of ways. Um, just really having my own feelings about sexual assault and sexual violence, yeah. and watching so many of my friends that I've known for decades um, come forward very publicly and share their stories that I, I, even as a really good friend, didn't know about. And it's infuriating for me that women have to come and share these personal stories just so that people will believe that sexual assault and sexual violence is a thing and uh, that happens to everyone. And um, it's been very painful. I've spent a lot of time, probably too much time on Twitter, really um, reading through some of these you know, the hashtag why I didn't report. Yeah. Um, because there are times, you know, there's definitely, there's, there's been times in my life where I haven't reported and it's, it's painful to think about all the, all the women that haven't reported and why and, and just watching Dr. Ford come forward so bravely and then just feel like, why did she report? I mean, is this guy just going to get confirmed anyway? And I would have to say, I mean, I'm a lot older than you, but um, I remember watching the Anita Hill hearing. Um, when Clarence Thomas was being um, was nominated and being confirmed, and just I just can't believe we're here twenty years later, and just watch for me, it's just like watching the whole thing over again and feeling like so. In twenty years, are we going to watch another woman bravely come forward against a woman who was um, either a sexual harasser or a sexual assaulter and and be placed on the highest bench in the land? And it's it's defeating and upsetting and I have a daughter and um I <laughs> I don't want to be 67 and feel like this is going to happen again so I am oh god I mean I mean I want to just thank you for your courage to engage with these issues because it is very hard to talk about and hard to feel like we even have any power mm-hmm. right and I think for me watching Kavanaugh on that screen it was this, this, this the, the, the privilege, right? This privilege of this type of man um, before us, and then you know, realizing in your life, like that, we have such a big problem with our, you know, our country, our institutions, our structures, our structures favoring men like him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, the the juxtaposition between their two demeanors was so. I mean, if I was like a somebody who studied civilizations and people i'm sure that has a word i have no idea what it is a sociologist maybe perhaps yeah, okay yeah. it would be fascinating i would write my doctoral thesis right. on just her demeanor the the way she answered questions the way um that she was able to sit there and smile and talk about these things versus him coming in hot disgusting and yelling and i mean the part where Amy Klobuchar, um, a senator from Minnesota, who I've talked about on this show before, I th- I'm a big fan of her. She's, um, I think she's out there really loud and proud right now talking about this stuff. Um, you know, when she said, you know, have you ever gotten blackout drunk? And he was like, well, have you? Have you? I, I had to turn it off because to me, that's another violence. That's right. like another assault on women. This is This is one of 100 people. In the United States. Right. She is sitting there. She got there. She deserves to be there. And you're going to treat her like that? And no one had her back? Ugh, no, yeah. Uh, no yeah. One, so I found um, Friday, I just was, I had to watch like five episodes of The Good Place. 
like back to back because I just I couldn't like I didn't know how to process my feelings anymore. I know I spent like that Saturday six hours in bed just watching something else, something light and chilly and. And you know you um, you organized the walkout that we had on September twenty fourth. Oh uh, yeah, that Monday there was a walkout at one p.m. just to in solidarity for Dr. Ford and and, and victims of sexual violence and assault. And it was kind of quick. We had gotten an email from um, a resident asking if City Hall was going to be a place where people could walk out, and we just organized it pretty quickly. The four. Um, female city councilors and um, we had some folks from the YWCA and Transition House and it was actually quite nice to just be together um, and and feeling in solidarity um, with Dr. Ford but also you know there are some folks sharing some stories and um, I appreciated people being honest and and coming out and um, I think uh, I, I really needed it, so yeah, I was glad yeah. it happened. I'm so glad it happened. And I have to say, shout out to Bob Mallon. Oh yeah, showing up being an ally. Like you rock, Bob. You rock, Bob. I know, you, and I know you listen to this podcast. So yeah. no, it was really nice to have my husband there and and always being supportive of of women and but also particularly during this time because I think he knows it's really it's really hard for so many women right now and, and being an ally. It's right. not an easy thing to do. It's not easy to know what to do. Um, and he's he's out there doing it. Yeah. So it, yeah, it was a long week. Um, the day after, we had we had we had a lot to do. It was very heavy. Yeah, it was really <laughs> heavy. We were lucky we spent a lot of time together because that that helped. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Tuesday and Wednesday, the city staff, uh, senior leadership, uh, school committee members, and city council members, we and school ad- leadership and school leadership, we attended uh, two days worth of uh, diversity inclusion training, which was it was it was a lot of time. It was. <laughs> That's the takeaway. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we actually, it was, it wasn't, it was good to all be together and talking about these really important issues because I think they are foundational to our work. Um, certainly, uh, the one thing we had that neurologist talk to us for a long time, which yeah. I there is a reason why I'm not a neurologist is because I just can't process that kind of information about your brain <laughs> i mean honestly there's a point where i was almost asleep and i was like what are you, are you sleeping <laughs> and i was like oh ooh, i just do, dozed off so that part was to me that was hard it was i mean it was interesting in hearing um you know the the reasons why racism exists and the neurology For of it sure. um i think it's important to understand particularly i think on the school side because it was they, he was talking about how it it kind of it's so early it's so young, like kids are so young when sort of those differences sort of um, manifest. So I thought that was, it was a very interesting on the school side, um, how they would want to address that. And for our, just to let our listeners know, uh, there was, a, there's a lot that the city's doing, a lot that the school's doing on these issues. And we will be hosting a kind of city vi- citywide conversation in the spring uh, for folks to really share with the community what is being worked on on the city level and on the school level on these issues. So stay tuned. Yeah, I mean, I think that was one of the things that came out of it that I was excited about that. Um, right. Because I think the, you, we're, the city's doing so much work, the schools are doing so much work, but it's all, it's all sort of invisible to the residents. Right, yeah. it really is. So, so we'll keep you posted. We will. So that was, a, that was what, what happened after that? It's all a blur. We... Um, uh, the YWCA yes. had their Outstanding Women uh, Awards, which they, I mean, quite honestly, these are some awesome Outstanding Women. Oh, yeah. So Phyllis Newton, who um, just retired, she was at the Fletcher Maynard Academy. She was a family liaison for 41 years. 
I got to know Phyllis um, through doing the backpack program. So she was my contact at FMA, and she's, I mean, just a lightning rod of a human. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. And then, of course, my favorite, Celeste Ng, mm-hmm. who unfortunately wasn't there, which is probably good because I would have been like, I, I would have said something embarrassing. So, um, but she was awarded. She does deserve it. And hopefully one day we will be in the same room together. And then there was Gita um, Pradhan from the uh, community, Cambridge Community Foundation. She's the president and CEO. Uh, there's also Joel Russell, who's the principal at Henry Buckner School. There was Vicky Sarah, who's president of Vortex Pharmaceuticals. And then finally, uh, there's an award given a young woman awardee to uh, Sophie Harrington. She's the former student body president. I, we've talked to her about her before. Yeah, she gave that barn burner of a um, graduation speech where she kind of called out all the adults in the room. Oh, yeah. And told them that they hadn't done enough um, on race and equity yeah. um, in the schools. So um, congrats to her. Congrats sure. to everyone. And then I we both separate parted ways, and I went to – a play uh, at uh, it was at the Cambridge Public Library, and it was uh, called "Act Up and Vote." Uh, it was presented by the Central Square Theater's Youth Underground um, Group, and it was such an engage- engaging uh, performance. It was written by Betsy Bard, a Cambridge resident, and uh, you know I, I loved it. It provided a really unique perspective on issues relevant to young people, and demonstrated the urgency and importance of you know, the young people play in our communities and so uh, i loved seeing that i'm a, You're I'm a theater buff <laughs> i'm a theater, theater kid, kid. <laughs> theater kid at heart uh so that was uh that was awesome and i will make sure our listeners know about future performances because i think in the spring they're gonna take it on the road more and i think everyone should see these young people talk about you know city council meetings there were there's a lot of are they gonna start coming i think they should they should uh, mimic I mean, us. Yeah. No, they should start coming to the meetings. Yeah, they need to. We need younger people at our meetings. <laughs> For sure. Anyway, so that was... Just diff- some different... Yeah. Just different generations and different points of view to. and lenses. It's, I encourage them at the end. Yeah. You guys need totally to get involved and, and so forth. So that was um, Tuesday night. And then Wednesday, we had that training, like we mentioned. And then we went to uh, a cool ceremony. Yeah, the um, the former former Area Four Youth Center was renamed the Moses Youth Center um, after Janet and Bob Moses, who are pillars of the community and have really done so much um, in what was previously known as Area Four and now as the Port. And so it was such a fitting tribute and beautiful. And their whole family got up there, and it was just I don't know, like just watching it was beautiful. them. There there are people in our community. Um, that do so much and have done so much for so long. It's just so nice to have um, them be celebrated in such a public way. There were so many people there. It was really well attended. It was really well attended. And then Dennis Benzan, who um, was the previous, uh, the former vice mayor um, of Cambridge, who is actually the one that sponsored the policy order to change the name um, from Area 4 to the port and also um, suggested that they rename that uh, youth center after the Moses, he was there. And I, it was such an impassioned speech about the Port neighborhood and how important all of these connections for so many of these kids are and all of the programming that they're doing there at that youth center. It's, I really enjoyed it. I was glad that we were there. And then um, 
he had a beautiful shout out to our, our police commissioner. Yeah. Um, around all the work that that Commissioner Bard has and his team have been doing, um, so it was really nice to to also see Commissioner Bard be recognized in a public way. Because I think I feel like you know we're always like, oh, he's so great, but he's like, everywhere too. Yeah. He's and he's everywhere. And I think um, Louis Dubasquale said it too. Like I feel like he's like I feel like I go to all the community events, but um, Commissioner Bard definitely goes to twice as many. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So that was a good, great evening. And the next day. Uh, we're just going event by event, but we really just want you to know. Calendar right now, <laughs> like this is what we did. Okay, <laughs> okay, we are we're very busy. busy. Um, <laughs> we are working hard for you, taxpayers. Very, very hard. So Thursday night, uh, well, in the morning uh, for lunchtime, we went over to MIT. But that's a we just the they, the president did a lunch for a lot of the city leadership and so. Forth. That's a funny story, though. Yeah. So we went for lunch at MIT, which was lovely, and it was so nice to meet everybody. But we walked into this room. Um, where they were having the lunch and there was these beautiful like six (laughs) oil paintings on the wall of women and we were like yeah man yeah yeah like it was you know it was the thursday of the kavanaugh hearing and we were just feeling like kind of bombed out and you know dr ford was giving her testimony at that time and we just saw these beautiful oil paintings of all these women (laughs) on the wall and and we were like you know what mit is like doing this right (laughs) we got closer and it was like (laughs) oil paintings of all the wives of Former presidents, and we were like, <laughs> "Yeah, that's true." Oh my god, we were both like, "Oh, never mind." But anyways, onto the housing committee meeting that you chaired. Yes, that evening. Yes, co-chaired with Councilor Simmons. Correct, and it was around the idea of having an affordable housing overlay for the city, which I feel like there's a lot of confusion about um, in the greater community. There. There is a lot of confusion, and I, I are we don't have enough time to really dig deep into you know those conversations yet. But I wanted to bring it back to the goals, just the goals, and the goals. Um, there are three goals: it's to foster equitable d- distribution of affordable housing citywide by expanding affordable housing's viability in areas where it's been more difficult to create new affordable units, mm-hmm. and that goes back to whether it's because of zoning. Um, uh, and land prices right exactly so the we have maps that show where the most affordable housing is and it's north cambridge and it's east cambridge, east cambridge and the it's port. the port the second uh goal of this overlay would be to make it easier and quicker to permit 100 percent affordable developments we have heard many times from our affordable housing developers homeowner homeowners rehab and justice chart that it's really hard to compete against for-profit developers mm-hmm. and they've lost and because of either uh, the, the permitting process uh, and so forth, it, it really prohibits building mm-hmm. and, and, and competing. So that's and so the third goal would be to help reduce cost of producing affordable housing in general through a better permitting uh, process. And one of the things that I was struck by um, that evening, it was a really good conversation. I think there's a lot of work to do and a lot of unanswered questions, but I think we're on the right path. Um, is it a woman from the Affordable Housing Trust when she was asked, you know, what what would it take to create more affordable housing? And she said, money, 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 money. So if we are creating affordable housing for less by reducing fees and permitting and um, length of time and um, legal fees, I think... I think that's you can't just make more money, um, you know, 
we've been trying we've been trying <laughs> to get the city to make more money for affordable housing, but um, decreasing the cost is a way to make more money. Right. So um, I do. We are going to as this moves forward. I think we should probably devote a whole podcast to um, the affordable housing yeah. overlay and like what it really would look like. And um, you know, I think we have some work to do in, in meeting with our affordable housing nonprofits and even our for profits, right? Exactly. So Sean Hope and and Jason Loeb have created a few. You know, they've got one on Math Ave, and uh, that's a hundred percent affordable. Yeah, so this is just a hundred percent. Yeah, it's different from what we have right now in some ways because a lot of the new housing we're getting is through inclusionary, which means any market rate developer that's coming forward, uh, we twenty percent of that has to be uh, inclu- affordable, therefore inclusionary. But then eighty percent is market rate. Exactly. So this is just a hundred percent. Anyway, there's so much to, more to be said on that. We're happy to talk to any of you individually. You know, email us. We will. We're happy to sit down and chat. And speaking of hearings, we've had five hours worth of hearings on cannabis. We this, sure have. Just this week. Um, so we had a three-hour zoning meeting um, on how to zone for cannabis and for um, adult-use cannabis because recreational, we already have zoning for that. And we already have, I think, three dispensaries. For medical. For medical, yeah. yeah. Um, one of them is closed right now because of a legal um, issue. Uh, and a butter is... Um, suing so there's two that are open one that is permitted and is under construction right now and in, in, in mid-square um but because uh adult use is now legal the the process is moving forward and so um we're trying to figure out all right how do we determine a buffer zone from schools and playgrounds and how far apart from each other do we want them to be and what other parts of zoning uh do we want to make sure that we work on right now so it was a long meeting. <laughs> it was an ordinance meeting, and mm-hmm. then the second meeting was on, yes, we have to zone for this, but we also have to think about how do we do this in an equitable way. Uh, the state's doing a lot of work through the through the Cannabis Control Commission on this piece, so we invited the commissioner, Commissioner Shaleen Title, to come back. Um, and it was really helpful because our staff had questions and there's still we have a, I'm still confused <laughs> about what the next the path forward is, but we got some good data from Shaleen. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that I was really struck by and saddened by is that you know there has been all this work on the state level to make sure that communities that have been disproportionately affected by uh, the war on the drugs, war on drugs um, should have a, a leg up, right, in making sure that they have they can take part in this new industry. Um, this very um, wealthy, it can billion dollar industry. Yeah. Um, and even at the state level, it's really faltering on the diversity side. So what we've heard yesterday, what um, Commissioner Title said was they have issued 30 provisional um, licenses, and not one of them is minority owned, not one of them is female owned, not one of them is veterans owned. Um, and so that's a real, that's a real problem, especially if if there aren't those safeguards at the state level, we need to make sure on the local level that we really build in some safeguards and make sure that we get um, the thing that we all want, which is, I think I said yesterday, you know, for for communities that have been disproportionately affected, this is kind of, because it's a new industry and it's a very uh, hugely um, lucrative industry, it's an opportunity to create a generational wealth that does not exist right now. Um, 
And we have to be so intentional right. about how we do this. And I was talking to some women that had come to the meeting afterwards, and they were saying, um, you know, Cambridge is always at the forefront of all of these things, particularly around equity, particularly around really caring about um, the most vulnerable. We have an opportunity to be a leader, and that is going to take a lot of thought and a lot of intentionality, and I think we can do it. Um, but I, I'm so glad that you continue to push this forward because I don't want it to fall by the wayside. We have we have four um, dispensaries that are open right now that are all owned by white men. Rich, yeah. Yeah, and so, and I know there's another one that's coming online, um, hopefully, you know, they're hoping in Central Square. So right. we... There was a couple of things that came up yesterday. I think Somerville is actually working on something right now where they are not going to be permitting anything that isn't an economic empowerment um, applicant uh, for two years. So um, some people are saying six months. Some saying so. We we have a lot of a lot of work to do. We do. Yeah. I'm. I, you know. I'm. This is this is the economic development committee, and it's. I was really, I'm grateful to you and other committee members who are also, we're all thinking really critically about what does equity really look like? And we, public comment was great because people who are actually applicants yeah. are coming us, coming and telling us. The process is yeah. flawed and here's why. And here's what you can do. Right. So we have to continue these conversations and really uh, work with our staff who's working on the zoning, right? We give feedback and it was, I think at the end, we left, it was from four to six and then we had uh, the domestic violence vigil, which we'll get to, but I went back to get my stuff. It was about 6.40. And they were all there, still sitting in there? People were still sitting in there talking about you yeah. know everything. So there's a lot of work to be done. It's, it's a topic that I think both of us are very invested in seeing this being done right, but for it to be done right, we have to be really, we have to be intentional about how we do it. Yeah, and I just lastly, you know, I think a lot of people point to Oakland, California, as a as a model um, for how to do empowerment applicants and how to really be equitable. There, they have had some challenges, and yep. there have definitely been some things that we want to not do. Um, and one of the things I was talking about yesterday was future proofing. Yeah. Um, so if we have an economic empowerment applicant and we give them the permit, and then they falter and they're you know they're having a hard time. And they what's, sell it. Yeah. What's to say that they're going to sell that? They sell that establishment to a non-economic empowerment applicant, and then, <laughs> then where are you? Right. Then where are you? So, uh, we need to be intentional, and I think, I, I think there's the will of the council is there, it's which there. is good. So we'll keep you posted on where we go with that. Uh, th- on Monday, we did have a city council meeting on Monday, which was. It was there's a lot on the agenda and but the big thing was the tax rate hearing. Yes. <laughs> I I spent a lot of time this past weekend trying to figure out what that document was telling me. Same. We were just texting each other being like like emojis being like what? What is this? What's a tax? <laughs> and I actually um Vice Mayor Devereaux said one of her comments in the meeting was like, it would be better if there was like charts and graphs in here, some of them, so that there would be like some kind of visual for people who are visual learners. It was just so many words and numbers. And um, basically, you're welcome. <laughs> um, for the 14th year in a row, um, there has been a reduction in property taxes. So 70% of taxpayers, um, property taxpayers, will increase 
the taxes will increase less than $100. Um, and so that was kind of sort of the focus of the meeting of talking about how we got to that number, um, how we allocate some of our free cash. Um, $9 million of our free cash goes in to reduce the tax rate for property owners. Um, and there was quite a lively discussion um, about free cash. There was. And <laughs> um, one of the points I made was we are essentially subsidizing um, affordable housing or naturally occurring affordable housing, making sure that housing is affordable here in Cambridge for property owners, which I 100% agree with. I think if you look at tax rates across the Commonwealth, we are, I think, the eighth lowest in the Commonwealth. And municipalities like Chilmark, Nantucket, Edgartown, Chatham, Aquina, West Tisbury, they're the ones above us, right? So they're the ones that are like wealthy island communities that don't have any services. Never been. Right. <laughs> they don't have any services. They don't have many schools. They don't have many. Fi- so our tax rate per thousand is very, very low here. And that's so that people can stay here, people who own their homes. Um, because our, our assessments keep going up higher, um, we can they can stay here. Homeowners can stay here. What I was asking for was an equal investment in um, people who weren't lucky enough to purchase property, don't own property. Um, how do we help to protect those people as well? Yeah, I'm so glad you made that comment. And then I followed it up with the you know this 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 fact that I grew up with a ton of. My a lot of my friends who who I grew up with have, you know, they are nurse practitioners, they're teachers, or they have these great careers. They would love to live here, you know, to even rent here, but they they just simply can't. Right. And uh, so there is this measure of displacement. How, you know, we need to as much as we have this tax rate and it's we have so much growth. There are externalities to that that we should at least talk about and be comfortable talking about and the city should be comfortable talking about it i think we do need to do a little bit more uh soul searching in that regard you know it's like we are really you know all we heard was we're so pleased to for this and that and that and i I was like wait but we we do know for reality your generation can stay here (laughs) because there's something called generational wealth if you're so lucky um but majority of us, it's so hard to to live here. Well, it's also so um, it's hard, but it's also um, I don't know what the word I'm thinking. But if you have if you're a renter, you're when your lease is up, your landlord can just say, well, next next lease term, it's another thousand dollars a month. Yep, five hundred. That happens month. across the so city. It's very unstable. And when people talk about the city changing so much, that's kind of what they're talking about. Like, right. People can't. Even if they wanted to stay here, they have kids in the school system, they have a great job at, you know, Akamai or something, who can say, like, oh, sure, I can absorb a $500 a month um, rent increase? Yeah. So I, the point that I was making is we have $230 million in our free cash account. Like, let's spend that down. <laughs> I'm not saying spend it down, but I my point was um, – how much of a hit can we take to free right. cash before it would affect our AAA bond rating, which is the thing that allows us to borrow money at a lower percentage point? So we're spending, we're not, we can spend that money on people and not on debt services. Right. And so, I actually watched the tax hearing from last, last year. year, 
um, and probably a couple of years before that. Just You're such like, a loser. I'm <laughs> such a loser. But I just wanted to get a good sense of like, what is the conversation every year? And the conversation every year is like, how can we spend more money on like affordable housing from free cash? And why do we give $9 million back to taxpayers? I don't think that we have a lot of data. Uh, data. We don't have a data-driven conversation when we have those conversations very abstract. Right. Like, oh, we'll lose our AAA rating. Will yeah. we? We don't know. We don't know. And so the the challenge I said, you know, I gave to the staff was please come back to us so that we all can understand if we, let's say we say 20%, 10% of that number is going to go to affordable housing and housing affordability for middle income folks, right? Come back to us and say like the bond ratings, the bond rating agencies have told us that we will we will lose our AAA rating. We will go down to a right. AA rating, and we will um, our interest rate goes to blah. And here's how much it will cost for us to. I, I want to see those numbers. I think we all should see those numbers yep. and then make a decision together to see what we're with real information. Yeah. Um, and that's the point I was trying to make uh, at the at the meeting. So it was a fascinating conversation. It but was. I, um, I think we lost a few listeners, but uh, oh yeah, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Okay, so we're. Uh, <laughs> taxes we can go on and on but uh it was a really good i think hopefully for next year's tax rate tax rate hearing we'll have some better info and uh even just or even before that i don't want to be there again next year yeah yeah and feel like we're just like rinse repeating i agree i agree um can we talk about central square just for a second because it's like my favorite of course okay so there's so many exciting things happening i don't know if people have been to central square but the mural project is underway and let me tell you the first mural is up and it is beautiful it's above the h mart on massachusetts avenue it's this um artist named marco it is stunning it is absolutely stunning. It is giant, and he did it in like four days. Wow. Um, so definitely come to Central Square. See the first one. There's even Sumble is yawning right now. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> um, <sighs> but there's three more that are kicking off this weekend. We just saw them prepping one of them on the corner in Lafayette Square. There's going to be one on the Green Street Garage, uh, in the back of Citizens Bank, and on Norfolk Street. So those are all coming up this uh, this very week so keep an eye out for those uh, especially if you go on the mural tour i'm sure that you'll yes see it. and then also the police substation <gasps> oh i know it's done it's like happening it's not done but it is definitely happening so the um the police substation that we've been talking about in central square being up and running i feel like it was like july 1st and then it was like september 1st and october 1st and then october 1st was like coming up and i i threw like a total hissy fit one day <laughs> I was yeah like, you did. where is this um but then i walked by yesterday and it's happening the construction is happening, and they're telling me that it's November 1st. And I actually believe at this time because, like, the construction is happening. Um, so shout out to um, Cambridge Savings Bank for giving us that space and making this a priority uh, in Central Square. So those are two super exciting Central Square things. Very, very important updates. So the final thing we'll leave you with uh, is a uh, is a information about a canvas that the city council is organizing for Sunday, October 14th from 10 a.m. to 3. Uh, we will be heading to Quincy uh, to make sure people know about the Yes on 3 campaign. And we put in an order in, what was it last week? The week before. To, last week? Y- yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was, um, I guess, two weeks ago. To, to support. Yeah, to support um, Yes on 3 
and make sure and make sure that Massachusetts preserves protections for transgender individuals from discrimination in public places. So, and I please come with us. Please, we would love for you guys to come with us. And let me, can I just tell you why? I have friends um, that they have children mm-hmm. that are transgender that they are working to protect. I have friends whose siblings. These folks are out there knocking on doors and letting people know about Yes on 3, and they need our help. They they are doing so much in their own lives to protect their own families, but then knocking on doors. It's like we got to give these people a break and support them and make sure maybe they can even stay home for one day. Seriously. We can take this on for them and really carry the water because – we need as many people out there talking about this and talking about the issue and making sure people vote yes on three. It's critical. Um, this is a very it's gonna it's gonna be close. Uh, it, it we had a town hall about this in the summer. It, you know, there's polls and it's there's still very much uh, many people undecided. They don't know what yes on three is, right. uh, and we don't have much time to go until the election. So we're hoping to organize as many of you as possible and all head over to Quincy to together. You can take the red line. That's, oh my God. Yeah. I was like, oh, let's drive, but let's not waste. Well, yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. We probably have to drive around to neighborhoods. Oh yeah. We'll, we'll figure those details out. Yeah. There's going to be a Facebook event. But uh, definitely, going live. yeah. So keep an eye out for that. I'll be tweeting about it. But um, if you can't make it on the 14th, if you go to freedommass.org, um, they have an entire schedule uh, of events. It's freedom Massachusetts, sorry, freedommassachusetts.org slash events. And you can do phone banks, you can do um, canvases, they need, you know, if you like don't want to leave your house, you can make phone calls to organize volu- um, volunteers, they need that too. So and those are easy calls to make because you're just like, hey, Sumble, um, right. you signed up at this thing to volunteer. Um, I'm just reminding you that there's a thing and please come. It's super low. Um, impact and you don't have to like try to convince anybody but they de- they need all the help they can get that's what i'm trying to say so yeah please uh let us know uh, either email us and uh rsvp to the facebook event uh and we will make sure that we get a strong cambridge contingent out in quincy yeah definitely well i think that's about it for that's our it. show um i just want to say thank you all for being here and for hanging in during a tax conversation <laughs> <laughs> I, I honestly, I zoned out when you talked. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I saw you yawning and oh I was like, God. stay with me. Um, <laughs> I promise that we won't talk about Texas again for a year. Yes. So yes. congratulations. Oh, and shout out to Ellen Seminoff for yes. listening. Um, she said she listened to three podcasts in a row, our, um, our assistant city manager for the Department of Human Services. So thanks for listening, Ellen. Um, and I would have to say, I hope you enjoy this podcast. If you do... Please share it with your friends. Please. Um, Let them know that it's on iTunes. You can listen to it online. We would love to hear from any of you, all of you, uh, about topics that you're interested in. Are you interested in in the affordable housing overlay and learning more or cannabis and learning more? Please let us know. Tweet at us. I'm at at (laughs) A-M-M-A-L-L-O-N. And I'm at. Sumble Sid, S-U-M-B-U-L-S-I-D-D. Yeah, we want to know what you want us to talk about. If there's more stuff you want to know about we, us. Sh- we should do one of those surveys, those Twitter surveys. Should we? Yeah. It's going to be like five people. <laughs> no, it isn't. <laughs> Don't say that. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Please def- share, though. 
Definitely share because we would like to reach as many people and tell them about what's going on here in Cambridge as possible. But anyways, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. And we will see you next week. See you soon. Bye. Bye.